Welcome back to the Top Cheddar Podcast. Cam Moon, along with the one and only Rob Lawlisher. Hey, buddy. Hey. Well, we had a good one this week, didn't we? As always. As, as always. Always. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the, the weaving of the, I'll say the highs and the low, the roller coaster of the hockey journey. I, I, I really took out of this one, Mooner, the stories of, of, you know, sometimes hitting a moment that like, there's nothing you can do to control that just by chance, your GM hates this old guy from your, <laughs> who's in your yeah. network and then your path is being affected. And, and he had some neat stories on that, uh, Transcend with uh, joined us, uh, Edmonton Oiler uh, for a period, short period, yep. but a, yep. a good little journey there. A guy that we played against in the in the Western Hockey League, and certainly we knew from the Edmonton area. Hey, okay? like it, we had history with Turan. We had history, and like I said, uh, fortunately not the uh, fisticuff history because he was a big boy. Oh, Still yeah. is a big boy. He, uh, we, we figured what he was, what, six, six, four when he was 12 years old, uh, in around there. And well, when you play he, junior B when you're 14, yeah, you're usually, uh, you know, a pretty big customer. 100%. Hey, before we get there, though, Mooner, the, the, uh, our time of the season now, the sun has just started to shine. Mm. Patios are opening this crazy world where we're coming out of here. Restaurants, bars, opening and and we got to go support them they they need our support but also our supporters need our support and by that i mean troubled monk our good friends there bud bud's in the house bud sent me a list of saying hey dummy don't say this anymore so i won't i I guess if i I say it then broken bud's rule you'll have said it again (laughs) i'll have said it again so don't say it that's right. right. No, our friends Jack. at Troubled Monk do a great job. Um, many different great products. They they do extremely well. Whether it's you know beers, different beers, sodas, you name it. The big I like, uh, it, folks. If you haven't yet, Troubled Tea, mm. uh, uh, hard beverage. Uh, you know, made steeped steep tea with alcohol. If that doesn't sound good, cold chili. I think uh, Bud said we could say this that this is this is like they're rocking it in Alberta. It's like one of the top sellers out there, and what a great patio drink! So, uh, mm. folks, if you haven't yet, like go go to your local watering hole, go to your local uh, liquor store, or guess what, folks? I I've heard through the grapevine, I may have done it that you go old clickety click on the old troubledmonk.com. I think just if you're in Alberta, so tough shit for all you other yeah. out of province folks, but you can order on there and uh, it magically appears on your doorstep at the end of the day. Kind <laughs> of like that. It's too easy. I <laughs> love it. too easy. We'll take it. Uh, go support Troubled Monk because we're, we're sure thankful for, uh, for their support here. And um, yeah, you're going to like this folks. You know, Taran had a great journey through the hockey world. And like I say, being, being six foot, 10 when you're 12 years old uh doesn't doesn't hurt either but uh uh great story you're really gonna enjoy it some stuff like he learned you know looking back some of the things he felt he could have done differently and and uh and then a lot of the things he took out of the game of hockey into into his business that uh uh, that he's running today really gonna enjoy it so let's go winner all right let's get to it taran you have to tell us about your jump into junior hockey it was it was earlier than most 
And I know you're in uh, in Tri City when you were 16. You played the Alberta Junior League at 15 with the Hobima Hawks. You have to tell me about that experience going from minor hockey to the AJ at that young of age. Well, I back it up a bit. I played junior B at 14. Oh my. <laughs> Well, it's probably because you're six foot ten since oh, you're yeah. twelve years I was, old. I was six four when I was twelve, so I think yeah, <laughs> it kind of just led into it. But yeah, that was quite a interesting. I, I was actually uh, I was supposed to go to the Saint Albert Saints, and that's where I wanted to try and make it was the Saint Albert Saints. But their training camp was the following weekend, and I figured I was just going to go down to Hobima and get some ice time, right? As you as you did, right? And uh, went down there and. Um, they had, um, oh, I'm going to lose his name. He's a GM. He played for the Boston Bruins, indigenous guy, that the legend, uh, Hodges, Hodges. Oh, he yeah. He was a GM. He was a GM at the time. And, I, and uh, anyway, I went down there and had a good camp. And uh, Gary Maxwell was head coach. And uh, he wanted me to play down there. But Matt, was it Gary? Gary Braun. Braun. Gary, Gary Braun. Braun. Thank you very yeah. much. Look at you, Rain Man. I heard that you know it. <laughs> Rain Man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fish sticks on I, Thursday, Murder. You can help me a lot here with names, I think. Uh, we're going way back. Um, so, uh, yeah, Gary really wanted me. And they ended up, like, like offering my dad, like, $2,000, I think was what it was, under the table for me to go down there at the time. And, and, I, and like, now, years later, I look back, it was, like, I think it was to the money, but it's probably more that he's a Boston Bruins fan. So yeah, to, yeah that's what it more was. <laughs> so anyway, we end up, uh, we all stayed in Wetaskiwin, obviously. And I end yeah. up like, um, uh, this is a hilarious story. Like, Terry Virtue, remember Terry yeah. Virtue? He was on the team as well. And one of my best friends coming from Spruce Grove, but he was a couple of years older than me. So I really didn't hang out with him at the time. They stuck us together because we we're both some Spruce Grove, and uh, we show up at this Billets place, and they take us down the basement, and it's like it's unfinished basement, like with like some wood, like you know, pre walls set up, yeah, and the cots in the corner, and that was it. Good and, thing Pulp Fiction hadn't been out <laughs> yet at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> They were obviously like they were a young family with young kids. I think they were just trying to make money off of us, right? There's like extra extra source of income for them. And like Virch just like, we're not staying here. You come with me, kid. We're gone. And he goes, he marches down to the GM and he said, We're not effing staying there. And you know, so we ended up getting, I went to one billets, he went to another. And then, um, yeah, it was a, it was definitely uh, a big learning curve. Uh, you know, you're, now you're fighting. You know, you're playing with guys that are they're fighting. Yeah. You're playing. And it was all like, like I look back now, I've actually reconnected with Jason Seawright, who has, was my defense partner. He was 19, and like you're playing with all these indigenous people from, especially now, like in the light of you know about the awareness we have today, and uh, these guys are from all over Canada. Like you know, there's one guy from like Nunavut, and he was like the fastest yeah. I've ever seen in my life couldn't turn but man could he fly uh and and all these just characters from all over the place and then there was like four white That's guys awesome. you know yeah and yeah like we you know never you never really thought about it like they you know they loved us and treated us like you know, we, we were talking guys you know it was, it, was, right. it, it was cool right and um yeah so that that went on i remember uh like a couple stories like there was a 20 year old that uh Prasovsky, i think his name was or something like that he was like 
Come on, Marty. Let's see. Uh, uh, I remember Marty Uchuk. Didn't Marty yeah, Uchuk well, play there yeah, then? Marty was, yeah. Marty was the captain. Yeah, Marty yeah, was the captain. Yeah. Jeff and Little in goal. Yeah. Jeff Little was my roommate. Yep. He was, he was my, that's where I went into his, uh, live with him. So yeah, he was, uh, he took good care of me. Um, but anyway, there was any, like, this older guy, he was just a grumpy guy, but he was small and I'd never fought anybody yet. Like I hadn't, and he would just like whack me and cross check me and just abuse me in practice. Like, and like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I, you know, I wasn't a fighter. Like I didn't have the mentality, you know, like, and just like, and like Gary Braun just let it, didn't help, didn't help me, didn't know, didn't say anything at all. And like, I think one, like one, maybe Jason Seward says like, you're going to have to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Like, so I don't there's think only one way out of this. The only I don't even know. I just go blind white and I just like literally destroy this poor fella. I don't really know what I'm doing. And uh, that was it. I was like, oh, wow, I can kind of fight here, you know? And that was my first introduction to fighting and I got in a couple fights that year and did okay. And here we go. <laughs> that 10 foot wingspan yeah, yeah. probably, probably yeah. helped a little. Eh? Yeah, exactly. Turn me into a quote unquote skill player to a six yeah. meathead, you know, pretty quickly after a couple of years. And <laughs> <from there. laughs> how now, how much having that experience of, I mean, you're moving away from home, you're, you're 15, you're playing in a, I mean, the, the AJHL at that time, I want to say was just like nine teams. It was pretty tough league. Now you're going to the WHL the next year in Tri-City. Like that had to help you a lot as far as making that jump as opposed to coming out of, of minor hockey. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that would have been a huge jump, like from midget yeah. to, to the dub uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had that, you know, it, yeah, I learned how to fight the tough toughness that you had to play with. Um, you know, obviously you get your strength up. You had another year and a half. I came up. I went up halfway up my 16 year old year because I uh, could actually Gary got the co a coaching job in uh, Spokane. So he left. Yep. And, and the main reason why I was there was for him. And, um, and Tri-City has been trying to get me to go down there. I wanted to go on a scholarship. I was uh, a straight A student and um, that was my whole plan. But again, being six foot four and, you know, playing junior B at 14, I kind of accelerated a little bit too fast. And, and uh, so then, you know, then I go down there and they offer me all this, you know, scholarship money and all this kind of stuff and you got caught up into it there's six thousand fans a night there and it's like you're, yeah. you're a rock star back then um so made the jump and uh it was you know it was it was still a big jump like i remember i really struggled that first year uh i never had a problem like when i was 15 leaving from home i i didn't miss a beat like i was a pretty mature kid i wanted to go like i was ambitious to to leave home so i wasn't really homesick or that kind of stuff but uh it was an adventure for sure well, and not only were you you're now moving to the WHL, you're moving to a franchise that had just moved from New Westminster to Tri-Cities. You guys had that epically long road trip to start the season because the building wasn't ready. I, I want to say it was like a 17 or 18 game swing. What was that like? Well, I missed it. Like I didn't. Oh, come even better. Yeah, better. yeah. I just, I literally two weeks after that all happened, hey, I showed you up. Show when you guys are done. I'll come up then. <laughs> Actually, funny story, like, and you know, Dan Shusteka was on the team. Yeah. The funniest story ever is that, like, again, I'm this young, big prospect, like this big hot show. Like, I think even the papers, like, it was just, like, ridiculous. They said that, like, I'm, like, to me, like, the next Bobby Orr in the papers. Like, that kind no of pressure. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, like, so I go down there, and Ron Dixon was the owner, and he was notoriously a terrible businessman. Like, he would just 
not pay bills. He would screw people over. That's just how he did business, right? And so every day, like you didn't know when you showed up to the rink, like if you, if you had sticks because you didn't pay the stick bill or the, or the bus was <laughs> broke down because you didn't pay the mechanic. Like it was every single day was something like that. And I didn't know this, obviously. So he flies me and my dad. And this is like, they just, they just went after my dad like to get me to go to these teams. Like, go get the dad, sell the dad. So we fly down a private jet from Vancouver. We get in a limo. We go to the game because like they're, they're trying to recruit me to come down. This is during Christmas time. Pretty good so far. They, yeah, announced, yeah. Me, they announced me in the stadium. I got 6,000 fans stand up. Then they give me a team jacket. And they oh boy. get the team jacket, roll me down to the dressing room after the game. And like these guys are like, like not even talking to me. Like they're like just you can just see like daggers. Talk yeah. about like putting pressure on a six. So, so I, I I go down there and everybody's like kind of like not being real friendly with me and whatever. And then after about a couple of weeks, we go out. I would go with Colin Rock and Dasher Stank, and we go and we have a couple of beers. And like they go, you know why everybody was kind of doesn't like you? He's like we haven't even got team jackets. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole team of the team jacket. I roll in there, peacocking with you know, get introduced, and like they're just going, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> they got oh. his name on it too, and everything. That is, I haven't played one game in the league yet. Hey, <laughs> just getting your missed, tire pumped. The whole uh, game the road trip, you know, like missed all that. Just kind of flew it after. And <laughs> if, if you still have that jacket, we know it to be the the first ever Tri City American team jacket. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> that's awesome. I still I, loved it there that first year in Tri Cities. That just no clue of the game and and this, that standout memory of the we go offside and the announcer coming yeah. on offside charge to the Saskatoon Blades. <laughs> The crowd loses their mind. <laughs> like, what the yeah, hell? they're cheering the offsides. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was such a surreal experience. It would it was like uh it's honestly you were like in you're playing the NHL kind of like you know at, yeah. at, uh, sold out stadiums are cheering for you, they love you, you're like a rock star. Like we would go to parties, like after every game, they would uh, there would be parties for us and they would be set up by the girls, the high school girl, somebody from high school, and literally it was a whole team and just the most gorgeous girls in Tri-Cities. Like, and that was it. And it was like, that was my first experience. I'm like, I think I'm going to like it. Yeah. Well, that's, now that's recruiting. Right? <laughs> that's recruiting. Who's yeah. saying no they to did, that? They didn't need a jacket, Mooner. They just need no. to take them to the first party after the game. <laughs> my weakness. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Sold. Yeah. I, the, you get drafted in 1990, Philadelphia Flyers, uh, second round. I want to say that was the draft in Vancouver that year. Uh, tell me about that experience. Were you there? Were you in the building? How was it? Yeah, well, it was uh, another like a kind of a roller coaster. Um, it's not didn't go the way that you would think uh, under the circumstances. I was I was rated first round all the whole year, and um, you know, again, these high expectations I had put on me, you know, and and all that kind of stuff. So it was one of those things where it was at such a high bar that when I got drafted in the second round, last pick of the second round, it was kind of a disappointment. And uh, I remember being like, I broke my wrist uh, halfway through the season. And so I had a cast on playing oh. cast in the last half of the year, you know, not to make excuses, but that was part of it. Um, and so I, I, I go down, well, this is another funny hockey story. <laughs> we go, yeah, don't get me going here, guys. I, I this is awesome. Yeah. 
so I so I get to recruit Donnie Me and all the big shot agents, you know, whatever. Like I'm, I'm yeah. blue chip, like, and uh, we go we go down there, and of course, you know, we're just a we're just a meat market. Like he's got half the first round, and we got this section, and he has us in the hotel, and you know, and I'm staying with Scott Allison. Prince Albert, right? Yeah. Yep. Scotty's rated. I never met him in my life. He's rated first, second round. I'm rated first round. We're both with Donnie Man and really nice guy, like quiet kid. Like we got along really well. Got, we were there for a day or two early doing the interviews and <clears throat> things like that. And uh, we get drafted. He goes in the first round. I go in the second round. <laughs> and so we go out to the bars. I got uh, Scotty Levins, Steve Malgunas, Bill Lindsay myself and, and Scott Allison and we're standing around means like Scott Levins, who was like one of the funniest guys I've ever played with my life. I mean, geez, what a beauty that guy was. And we're, we're sitting around chatting up, talking, you know, talking to girls as you're chatting all yep. up. And all of a sudden like guy in the PA announcer comes up, well, we got a few NHL draft picks here. <laughs> you know, we look back and Scott Allison is in the booth, like telling, telling him <laughs> And I'm not like, so he comes down and he's like, oh, we got Scott Love in sixth round before the Panthers. And like, you know, and, and, and yeah. he's grabbing his arm and going like this. And we're just going, no, no, like, <laughs> no way. And then he's, he's announcing all of our names and he's jumping around. He's going like, ah, like, and then it's like, and a first round to the Edmonton Oilers, Scott Allison is just jumping around. And that's not his personality, right? But he's like, he was just so happy. Oh. <laughs> and we're just like, we're so embarrassed. But yeah, that was my experience. It was, uh, it was, we had a great time, but it was definitely a disappointment, which is a lot of my career now. It took me a long time when my career was over because it didn't go the way, you know, it was supposed to. And uh, so it's kind of funny. Like, of course, I'm super proud of what I did now. Uh, and, and I look back and go, like, why was I, you know, yeah. so myself, you yeah. know, I get drafted. I played in the NHL. I, you know, I lived all over the world for 10 years. You know, anyway, it's kind of funny. It's all perspective, right? Context and perspective. You need to tell me the story of, of your last year in junior. Uh, it starts in Brandon. It ends in Saskatoon. You guys have the the great run to the WHL final uh, against Lollies, Kamloops, Blazers. It only goes seven games. Not a big deal. Uh, epic, epic series. Uh, you knock out Prince Albert on the way to the WHL final, which anybody that knows about WHL uh, rivalries, that that's about as big as it gets. Uh, tell me about that season. It had to be incredibly uh, memorable. Yeah, well, it was, it was, and thanks for bringing up the Kamloops series. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we've devoted the next half hour of the podcast. <laughs> That's uh, right. Just, just to that me. one. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to have something to say about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just going to jump right into it. Like we we something, and I'll back up to the season. But man, like you know, you know, it was a, we we were a tough team, and we 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 just a bunch of scrappers. Like you know, our best player was Richard Mav Mavichuk. You know, we didn't really have any superstars. And then, well, but we're battling you guys back and forth. And then, like, it was just like you knew seventh game. It was like Scott Niedermeyer just said, "Hey, I'm just kind of done messing around with here. Like, I'm just gonna go on and get fucking seven points and just like like you guys up." And that was it. We did. We had no. He had that ability. Oh, yeah. It was unbelievable. Anyway, um, backing up to the start of the year, so I got traded from Tri Cities to Brandon. And I had had um, that was after I got drafted, and I didn't have a very good year that next year. I didn't like the coach. And uh, my confidence, I lost, you know, my confidence and all that kind of stuff. And I just needed a change. Um, and, I, and I think the, the coach didn't like me either. So go to Brandon. 
I was really disappointed because I'm like, I, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to middle of nowhere, right? You know, and uh, we're going to make up for you missing that big long bus trip in uh, the first season. <laughs> yeah. Sending well, me to Brandon, Tri Cities, and getting all the you know accolades and the, the cheering. <clears throat> but man, it was a great year. I, I um, we were we were a terrible team, but I was a leader on the team. I one veteran guys. Uh, got my confidence back. I had a really, really solid year myself personally, even though our team wasn't great. And uh, and I remember, well, we're getting to Lord Mulliken stories, um, but but like uh, I guess, well, obviously, well, they were Lord loved his tough teams, and you know, and I was, you know, I was a tough stay-at-home defenseman, having a good year. Uh, so they got some picks for me, and I think Sean McFadridge went back, and there was a couple of picks that went back. And uh, it was amazing. Like, like Lauren, what a beauty, especially back then. Like, I, he was my coach later in the pro. We can, we can talk about that too. But, like, he was one of those guys that he loved his tough teams. And he just and, – and he, he, he got – the players would just go to the wall for him. Like, he just, like, would want, the, want you to go have fun and party and whatever. And then he, he wanted you to work hard. And uh, it was just a, a great atmosphere to be in. The guys are awesome. Like, Gulfson was a captain – great guy and just you know Dave Struish like those guys are just awesome guys and yeah we just worked like we just uh there was no superstars and we just worked and it was fun to be around we were like really good team like I said really tough and um yeah we just got to go on a run and I hopefully I helped a little bit and and helped get to get to the finals and then watch Kamloops destroy us in game seven but that was the other and then remember that one too is that we were like remember how we flew to yeah Oh yeah, we've talked about that. <laughs> oh yeah, we've discussed speaking, this. Speaking of bus trips, as as the the Blazers are, are doing that whatever fourteen hour journey from Saskatoon on a bus, and then we get word that the Blades have chartered a plane back to Kamloops. But the kicker was that you were still packed to go to Seattle to the Memorial Cup after, and yeah. and that's I think all everyone or all anyone needed to hear. Um, right? I mean, oh, how how the arrogance, eh? Jesus. <laughs> Well, it made sense on paper. The next year you, you get into pro first year pro after an epically long junior career. Uh, what was the jump like to, to pro hockey for you? Um, yeah, that was a big jump. I mean, that's the first time you're taking care of yourself. You know, you got the roommate and you've got to go buy furniture and you got to do all that kind of good stuff. Mike Eves was my coach the first year. And, and he was that guy. He was a really, a real gentleman. Like he was a really good uh, mentor for me that first year. So it wasn't like a big yeller coach, whatever. He was a teacher. Um, so I actually had a pretty good first year pro uh, year, like, uh, you know, for uh, being 19 years or 20 years old. Um, again, playing in Hershey is a, quite an experience too. Like that old barn, the old arena, it's like the history there. Um, you know, it, it was, it was a pretty unique experience. Uh, you know, we had, a, again, like just a great bunch of guys on the team, but a lot of, like it was back then where you had, you know, like Tim Tukey. I mean, yeah. and, and those guys like were like 38 and, you know, making like 150 grand a year or whatever back then, which is a lot of money. Right. And uh, they were just the veterans. They had like four or five of those guys on the team, like Glenn Fenners and like these names. Like, um, so it was just a different way than the American League is today, where it's a complete development league back then. It was still like you know, it was a, a business or whatever. Like they're still playing down there to win, and the old guys would go down. So yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. Now, did your rights get traded to the Oilers when you went to Cape Breton from Hershey to Cape Breton, or were you a free agent signing? How did that work? 
Oh gosh, how much do we have enough time here? Oh, is that right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I I was so then the um, business of hockey. So I I get drafted with Donnie Meehan. I signed my deal as soon as I'm a second round pick. Like he doesn't have anything to do with me. Like he, he he tries to pass me off on Pat Morris, who was just starting. Like nobody knew who he was, and there was never a phone call or a discussion. It was just one day Pat Morris. I phoned Donnie Meehan. Pat Morris picked the phone up. So I was pissed, right? And I'm like, well, I'm not sticking with this, like you know. And and I make the mistake of going with Rich Winter because he's out of Edmonton. Well, unbeknownst to me, and at that time, Russ Farrell was a GM at the time when I got drafted. So I let Donnie go, go with Rich Winter. Russ Farrell gets fired. Back comes Bobby Clark. Well, they absolutely despise each other. And so now I'm like, I mean, again, nobody's doing this to me. Like you look back on this years later, you go like, of course is what happened. So now I'm not, I'm not Bobby Clark's guy, number one. And I'm with his despised agent. So I'm basically like a whipping boy down in like my third year, my last year pro, where I kind of, I sat out the whole first half of the year, basically like three games and they tried to break me. Like they tried to, they bag skated me for like half an hour for me after every single practice, they tried to send me to the East Coast League. I wouldn't go like all the kind of, I just worked hard every day. just kept my head down. So then I, <clears throat> I get the courage up to phone Bobby Clark myself to ask to get loaned out. And Again, I'm 23-year-old kid, 22, 23-year-old kid. And I'm just shit my pants, obviously. And he, you know, call a secretary, speak to Mr. Clark, picks up the phone, and he's like treating me like an asshole. Like he's like, what do you want? Well, you know, Mr. Clark, you know, I know I haven't been playing, I'm fumbling my words and whatever. What do you want? And I say, you know, so I finally get out, you know, do you think maybe you could loan me out somewhere? Like, I know you don't have any plans for me and uh, whatever, right? I'll see what I can do. He hangs the phone up on me. You know, like, what an asshole. Like, I, to this day, it's like, I mean, I grow, a grown man to treat a kid who has the guts to phone him, you know, like, just unbelievable. So <laughs> two days later, I went to I got loaned out to Kansas City. And uh, we end up going up to the, to the Turner Cup finals, but I didn't play one game in the playoffs. I, I played all the rest of the regular season and they had a really good deep team. Guy, the guys got sent back from San Jose. I'm, I'm the seventh defenseman and they just go on a run and I just don't get back in the lineup. So basically like my whole year, I didn't play. And uh, you know, and I'm just like, I'm basically like my career is over essentially. And uh, so I'm partying in Kansas city, having fun, <laughs> whatever. I'm thinking I'm going to go back. I'm going to go to the U of yeah. A school you know we got to figure it out and then lo and behold this is why we kind of connected rob hartnell was playing yeah. hockey in la for the la blades and um genie bus was the owner and um i gotta tell a story like uh genie was he was had just been in playboy like a month or two before that and i've seen this hotel and rob says we need a defenseman you know and i'm thinking like I'm not going to play roller hockey. Like, I don't know. This is a second round draft pick. Like, I'm a kind of a big deal, you know, like in my head, you know. Like, I can go down there and play that. And uh, so he keeps phoning me. And again, no cell phones, right? So I'm getting these messages yeah. hotel and I'm going to call him back. And he's like, no, no, Gene, really wants you to come down and play. Like, we need a defenseman. I told her, like, you know, and I said, I'm, I'm not going down. So I get back to the hotel one day and I'm not lying to you. There was a Playboy package. And on the front of the sticky note, I just wish I would have kept the whole thing. Sticky note says, 
turn to page 72 and meet your new owner. <laughs> Come on. Said, you, you got the best recruitment stories here. This, these oh, recruitment right. stories are unbelievable. Like, you know, I picked the phone up as fast as I could. I, I will be there tomorrow, you know? So I, I got, I got drove. I, Tell me about roller hockey. So yes. Roller hockey now. Um, but yeah, I know we, uh, anyway, Jeannie, Jeannie ended up being a really good friend and she's a, a great lady and, uh, we end up having a blast there. But I, again, I was just going to party in LA for one summer and I'm going back to school. It's going to be unbelievable. So I'm having a blast. And then I get a call from, and I don't know, it was, I think it was Tom Reddy phoned me from the Canadian national team. Uh, he said, we're having tryouts. So, all right. Okay. Well, give it one last shot here. Right. So go down to Calgary. I'm literally the last guy to make the team. Like I got, I'm the last guy to make it. And I made the team. And the only reason why I played in the NHL was Tom Reddy and Mike Johnson that year, like just worked my ass off and, and, and helped teach me, mentor me. And, and like, uh, you know, I owe, I owe Tom a huge debt and he's a great man, as you know. And um, yeah, so that was that whole year was just me getting my game back, my confidence back, uh, my 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 shit getting shape finally, you know, in real shape. Um, and then so at the end of the year, Lauren Lauren had then moved on to Coach K Breton, and Lauren loved me from Saskatoon from what happened there. And so he got on Scott Housen to sign me, and and we we had uh, down we we had Nick Stajderhar that year. You remember Nick had yep. that concussion incident at Barry T's and. Uh, <laughs> yeah that, that can happen <laughs> yeah. he was kind of making a cut they sent him down there to kind of get uh, get his head together and uh and then they signed brian muir so the three of us at the end of the season went to cape breton for the last few games uh did not make in the playoffs and then they moved to hamilton the next year and uh do you want me to keep going because i have a great story about this and glenn gulton i'm gonna bring glenn gulton oh yeah let's please yep keep rolling so then uh so I train the whole summer, like I'm, I'm dialed in, like my game's on, I'm, I'm feeling good. Like when, I, when, I, when I went to Cape Breton, like it was like, holy cow, like I could barely play in the American League and keep up and I'm flying out there. Like, I'm just like, wow, like it's incredible how much my game had changed. Come back the next to Hamilton and um, oh, I'll go to the Oilers training camp, have a really good training camp, kind of, I, uh, I, you know what, I end up breaking my wrist in training camp. Uh, the same wrist I broke a junior during my so I so I had a playing cat cast on again going back to my first so anyway oh and so uh, we're, we're in training camp down there and then Lauren pulls me and Gulls Gully in the room because he got he got Gully a tryout and uh he goes uh Sandy I want you to be captain of the team like look at Gully I go like like I can't be captain I, was, I wasn't even in the league last year like I was like I was like we can't make me captain. Like all these guys here, like I've been here for you. Like you can't do that. And here's your jacket. Yeah. And here's your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, he goes, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're going to do it. That's your, your captain. That's the end of the story. <laughs> so yeah. So like I made captain, the first captain to have the Bulldogs. I'm super proud of. And cool. we had 11 first round draft picks and they were all young kids. Like we had, you know, the Jason Bond seniors and Steve Kelly's and all these guys. And, uh, and we were just brutal. <laughs> like, we were terrible because they had all these young kids and we didn't have a leadership. But the first little first month, like, again, the guys are like, they're, they don't like me, right? And they're like, 
look at this guy come who's this guy coming in and taking our freaking i should be captain i should be captain i should be captain right so i i mean all i knew to do was to i, I knew how to work hard like i'm gonna work i'm gonna work everybody and i'm gonna have fun and i'm gonna get get so i made sure I was the hardest working guy in every single practice and every game. Nobody was going to out, outwork me. And then I'd have team parties or I'd get team get togethers. I'd make sure like we got together. And then I slowly would just go to the guys that were, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was winging it. Um, I went to those guys that had the chip on their shoulders and I said, Hey, I didn't do this. Like, I, I don't, I didn't want, I didn't want this. Okay. <laughs> so could you just please help me? <laughs> yeah. Together, right? So anyway, slowly but surely, like everybody, you know, they, you know, they respect the, the work ethic and they, they know that I'm good intentions and all that uh, stuff. So that's, yeah, that was uh, my first year in Hamilton. Well, and you guys, like you look at the regular season numbers and it's pretty average. And then you go to the Calder Cup final. Like it must have caught fire. Yeah, well, a couple things happened there. Actually, I was just talking to Joaquin Gage about it the other day. Um, so Gager was our goalie the whole season and, uh, he was, you know, he was having, you know, he was having a tough year like everybody else. Um, I wouldn't say he was playing bad at all, but, um, then right towards the end of the year, Steve Passmore came back from that, uh, his, what was it? I think he had a head, uh, uh, it was, uh, uh, like a blood disorder. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Passy comes back and he starts lighting it up. And like, if you know, Pat, like, you know, Passy, like, like yeah. Gage and Passy are like the most, sorry, Mooner, most normal goalies I ever played with. <laughs> They're just really super funny guys. And like, yeah. you know, and, and you know, Passy, like he just galvanizes the room just by just the shit he says on the ice. Yeah. And, like, you know, and, and it's just unbelievable. So he's chirping us and on the ice and, you know, laughing at our mistakes and all that kind of stuff. But we're not, we just want to play for the guy. And then he's firing up biscuits up to center ice. And, you know, it just changed the whole kind of mentality of our dress room. And, uh, and we just squeaked in the playoffs. And um, then these young kids started kind of lighting it up. Like, you know, we had, uh, uh, you know, again, we had, well, Bonsignor didn't light it up. (laughs) Got a funny story about that too, but yeah. Um, yeah, so we had these young kids and, and they just kind of gelled together. We just came together and and yeah, we won the we got the first round in and then the second round and but that was a it was a fun time. That was the funnest time I ever had playing hockey for sure, going on that run. And it was just it was funny. Some of the things that happened during the whole the time too were just hilarious, but it was it was great, great group. Yeah, that had to be a great experience yeah. for sure. And then we had to Hershey they- just then I was going back to Hershey. Now it was yeah, like, yeah. I'm back in triumph here, you know? And then they, uh, they were just another level. Those guys are dialed in. The next year you get your, uh, you get your games in with the Edmonton Oilers for a guy that grew up in the Edmonton area. Uh, you would have seen, I mean, the whole glory days run of, of the Oilers five cups to, to wear that Jersey to, to play at, at Northlands Coliseum. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was just, you know, and, and just you hear a little bit of my story, like just the ups and downs and, and um, you know, just almost not even two years or three years before that, not even playing anymore to get back at it and do it. It was, uh, you know, of course, get my dad in the dressing room after and just like, yeah, super emotional. Yeah, super yeah. emotional. Um, and I remember like, you know, going through that oil, Derek, and, you know, just flying out there, you know, no lid and warm up. You're just like, yeah. Oh. 
You're rocking the flow. Was the hair just blowing? Yeah, and the guys were the good thing too is that like I've been there. What I've been to three training camps there, and you know those guys like were so good, like Buckberger and Dougie Wade, Bill Guerin. Like those guys are just unbelievable human beings and great. The great dressing room and all the trainers knew me. You know, what I mean, so it was kind. Of, it was it was it was comfortable in that sense. Yeah. Um, it was just so there was not none of that those jitters. It was obviously just getting on the ice and you know yeah. 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 That's yeah. I can only imagine like being a guy that grew up in Edmonton to actually get that, that experience in your, you know, hometown is just, yeah, it's exceptional. Yeah. Now near the end of your career, uh, you, you go uh, experience all that is Europe. Uh, how did, how did you enjoy that? Like, I know some guys, they, they absolutely love it and they embrace it. And, and some don't just because it's so different from North America. But I mean, you were, you were in, uh, you were in Belfast, you were in Helsinki, you were in Austria. Like how did you enjoy your time uh, going overseas? Yeah, well, it started off well and then it ended badly. And uh, so uh, but I, I, I went over there with a pure intent of, of embracing uh, travel and seeing different places, having the, having that, giving that opportunity through hockey. That's, that's I had went with that mentality. Um, Belfast, I went over there because I had a couple of guys that I actually played with in the Canadian national team, like, well, Jason Bowen, I played with in junior and pro as well. But uh, there was um, uh, Dave Matzos was there and uh, we, we went over there because of that. And uh, we had a, it was amazing. That was a really amazing experience because obviously we're over there with uh, the troubles that just ended. You know, the book bill cutting the cords and just kind of and they had just started rejuvenating the downtown they built this brand new arena like it was like like a, a state-of-the-art facility the hard rock cafe on like you wouldn't you wouldn't have that image of going to belfast and hockey right um and it was kind of the same things as tri-cities they don't really know hockey but they just cheer for everything right like it was like they loved us awesome. and we the way they marketed it was it was the first sport that was like it was here. It's a North American sport where you could, you could take families over there. Like there's a lot of, you know, if it's football or whatever, it's very male mm -hmm. and it's also very sectarian, you know, it's Catholic, Irish Catholic. English yeah. Irish. So it's a very dangerous place to take families, a bunch of hooligans and stuff. So we had neutral colors. Like we didn't have the reds or the greens. We had neutral called teal and, and a, a neutral name, the Belfast giants was a legend in, in Ireland. And, um, and then created that family atmosphere just like it was here. And uh, they embraced us. I, I remember so many stories. The one story I'll never forget is that um, this guy, he's in his 50s, comes up to us after the game. And he goes, you know what? I knowingly sat beside a Catholic guy tonight, you know, during the game, we're cheering, cheering you guys on, you know. You know what? He wasn't that bad of a guy. <laughs> Jeez. Like, yeah. But that's the mentality. That's the... We we won the championship that year. And I remember there was lots of media came from like even North America because we were helping bring the community together, like, you know, unintentionally through hockey. Mm -hmm. We had all Canadians and one American and we just, it was, it was an incredible experience. Love it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, how was, how was Helsinki? I've heard that's an amazing city. It was, yeah, it was really, it was, well, it's a funny story about that. As usual, as per usual. Yeah. Got a one. Yeah. So, you know, when you're when you're playing in Belfast in the British Super League, you're basically playing in the, like the East Coast League or the, the Weppel or something like that, right? Like you're a few yeah. years from the, you know, you know, A, 
Finnish leagues and the Swedish leagues and stuff like that, right? And Rami, who's the coach? Rami Suminen is his name there of uh, Helsinki, of Jokerit that I was on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he used to play for the Oilers. And apparently, well, well, he told me this, the year before Roman Vopat was playing for uh, IFK, and he was a tough guy of the league, which that just, you know, say yeah. tough guy, but, and he was bullying everybody in the league. Like he was like, cause nobody, there was nobody going to fight him. Right. So I guess he was kind of taking liberties with the guys in Yoker and, and, and Ronnie Stuman's like actually certifiably crazy. And he wanted a tough guy to counter this. So he phones up Kevin Lowe and I, he brings my name up like, Oh yeah, Toronto would be great. He's over there playing in Europe. I'm like, okay. So I get this call out of the blue. Like, again, I'm not planning on going to play at that level of hockey over there and have no intentions. So anyway, I sign, I go over there. Well, I mean, it, it's like NHL speed. Like it's like you're at NHL level hockey. And, and I'm like, like playing the Whipple. Like it's like, yes. They basically have to, and, they, and I think after the first couple of practices, they realize, oh boy, yeah, we got a, we got a problem. <laughs> so they are, I'm two a days training. Like they, they train intensely over there anyway, but like I'm on the bike before and after practice, I'm doing weights, I'm doing extra stuff. They're making me, de- they're making me pe- stick out on the hallways with the ball. Like, like I'm just like, and uh, I finally actually, you know, there, there was a, the assistant coach was a really great, uh, great mentor too. He's a great teacher. And uh, he would, uh, he built my game back up. So it took me a while to like to be able to get to the point where I was, could keep up at least. Um, but Rami Suna would never, he was, he was crazy. Like he would come in and yell and at practice. Like if you miss a pass in practice, he would like stop practice and he would yell and finish at these guys. And then the guys would come over, you know what he just said? He just called my, my mom a whore and like this, like he was, oh yeah, I'm just saying the most awful. <laughs> oh, yeah, just like, just awful. Well, you did uh, miss a pass. Let, let's. Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> And, and, and so it was just like this intense, thank God I didn't know finish. So I didn't know what the hell was going on at the time, but he, uh, he would never yell at me. Cause he was, I think he was, he was scared of me. Cause I guess maybe, I don't know, he kind of low told him I was a killer or so. I don't know what, but yeah. he was, he never would say anything to me. <laughs> oh God. So sure enough, we go into IFK and you know, it's, I guess it's in the finished papers. You know, this is just like, it's just this epic thing. I'm playing against, well, of course, Roman, Roman comes over right away and it hits me and, we we get it we get it over with. Like we that's many of us really want to fight, right? But we get it over with. And my God, I've never been cheered so loud. My team I get to the bench. I mean, I thought I like you know won the Stanley Cup. You know the way they were there high five and so <laughs> Ronnie was so happy with me. Anyway, <laughs> so through those last couple of years, Taran, what's going through your head? Like you you said at one point, you know, many years earlier, you thought you were heading back to maybe go university. When when was that? What was that moment when? Okay, you know. Hockey's been great, but what what's next? Well, I, I I'm glad you guys have some patience here because I don't have any simple stories for you. They're like I haven't. I, I, they're, they're, it's it's crazy to some of the stuff that happened. But I go to I basically get loaned out to um, to Austria to Linz because I, I go to the, there was a European Championship Cup or whatever that that I went to and I played really really well in it. And uh, Rami said, you know what? If you want to go anywhere, like there's a team in, in Linz, Austria that wants you really badly. And I said, yeah, for sure. Because I don't I don't I just want to I don't be as intense, right? And so we go to Linz, Austria, and apparently like they're thinking that I'm a second coming. Like I guess 
whatever. Again, I get these expectations that I don't know why. Here, the, the here comes another jacket. Same yeah, yeah, here it comes. So anyway, I'm going there and I'm playing. And I think I'm playing really well. And the coach doesn't speak English. No, nobody speaks English, but there's some Canadians on the team. But nobody says anything to me. Like they want a couple of times they say, well, we just, just make sure you're doing this, make sure you're doing that, like that kind of stuff. And nobody said anything about like, you're, you're not, you're playing terrible or you're not doing anything like that. Like there was never in those discussions. Well, apparently they were unhappy with me and I don't know. So I've got this agent that's, I won't name a name, but he's from, he played for the Oilers too. He's a European agent. And he was my guy and I was talking to him about signing for the next year. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I've been talking to them. Just keep playing and just keep going and we'll figure this all out, figure this all out. I get uh, right before the playoffs, I have this big, I have a bunch of playoff bonus money that I'm gonna get right before playoffs. The only person that spoke English in the organization was the wife of the owner who was a flight attendant. So we go in this boardroom and, and my wife and I think that, that we're signing for next year, we're gonna go in there and sign. So the interpreter, goes and, and says like um you know we're really disappointed in how you played um we're uh, actually gonna be uh firing you or whatever that you're gonna get rid of you when you bring somebody else in and like i'm looking at her what are you talking about and i'm telling are you serious i've never heard anything else. so she goes talks to the owner the gm sitting next door they start getting in on he goes so you haven't heard anything about this before i said not a word so then the owner and the gm start arguing <laughs> Because apparently the GM was telling the owner that he's been talking to me and stuff and then to tell me what's going on. So anyway, I'm fired. I'm like, uh, playoffs, get on a plane, go home. Then I come to find out my agent was bringing in the new guy from Germany. So he was getting the, he was getting the double dipping on both ends. Yeah. So I got back and it took me about a month sitting at home and going like, if I can't even trust a Canadian agent over there and get treated like that, like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? So that was the, that was the end. And it was again, it was the best thing that ever happened. I actually thank him for, for that happening because I probably would have stuck around for a couple more years. Just made, made for a defining got to move on. Somebody had to make a decision for me. <laughs> so that moment comes Turan. you're married, um, right back to Edmonton. What, what was next? Well, so while I was playing, while, during my pro career, I was getting my uh, undergrad in business. I was taking courses, online courses, summer courses, and I was, and I kind of was, had ended at the York University. They had a, a distance ed program there. Yep. Um, and I had a semester and a half to finish up. So I spent that summer and the fall finishing up my degree and then came out January and started working with my father in, in his construction business. And um, yeah, started making that transition. Yeah. Right on. Today, you're president of the company, running the show, calling the shots, coach GM, player coach. A little Reg Dunlop as well. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of that all, all, all that in there. But yeah, I kind of have a, I sort of have a good, really solid team around me. Taking a lot, a lot of years to build it, but I got a great, yeah. fantastic group around me. So I just kind of try to stay out of their way and support them, and just kind of be that guy that uh, inspires, try and inspire them if I can, yeah. and help them out. What What sticks with you today, like when you're doing business, that you kind of reflect for a moment? Geez, it's it's like that's a hockey thing, you know what? Yeah. What do you do today that that you took from the game? Well, everything. I owe I owe the game everything for how I run my business and how I think about business and how I, uh, you know, just um, you know, not, this is kind of one of my passions. Really, is trying to tell guys that you don't understand all the skills you have, all the soft skills 
you know, the, just even the work ethic and, and uh, teamwork and all the stuff you talk about. I mean, I know it's all cliche stuff, but for us going through the fires and, and you know, being on those teams and, 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 and having some adversity and, and stuff like that and dealing with all that kind of stuff, like even just, you know, when like the one thing, if you, when, if there's a problem, like if there's a, like, you know, when COVID hit, like it's almost an element of me that kind of, I love it. Cause almost like I'm going into like overtime, you know, <laughs> and you're just kind of, you just zone in and you go like, hey, what do I, what do I need to do to win here? Like, yeah. you know, so you kind of go into that mentality, just supernatural. Right. So I kind of love it when, when things are normal, like it's almost not that fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like a little adversity in the day. It's kind of morbid, but uh, uh, yeah, that's definitely, you know, a huge, huge thing that I learned. So I try and tell guys like you got to just get in, to anything almost and learn the, the technical side, like learn how to learn, like learn, you know, like, cause you know, any business or any, there's a lot of similarities in how you work and you get up in the morning and you, you know, you, you put your effort in, you organize your day, you know, all this kind of things that you have to do. It doesn't really matter what you're doing. And um, I really try and tell guys that uh, for me, uh, you know, I have a construction company and what I kind of figured out real early, like, well, each crew is its own team and each guy has a role to play. And it was really kind of construction is so clear, right? Because at the end of the day, you're building something, you see what yep. you're building. And, um, and then those, you know, these certain guys have certain roles they have to play to build it. So I, when I started running crews, I was a foreman. It was, I was, that's how I treated it. And I was like, you know, try to make it as efficient as possible. And like, we're thinking about every little way to get better. And you know what I mean? Way, again, that competitive mentality. And, um, and then just trying to find those like-minded people to build your team around. Like you want to have a good culture, right? So to, like culture and leadership is like, again, cliche stuff, but if you can do it, not, not too many people can yeah. do it and execute on it. And that's all I focus my business on is the people, culture and people. And uh, then, then you focus on the execution part of it. When, when you reflect on your hockey career, you know, you talked about some of the, the, the things out of your control the the downs of the Bobby Clarks, the ups of the Lauren Mullikins, you know, help. Would you have changed anything, how you approached it? Or, you know, it seems like you addressed it each time with, I'm just going to worry about what I can control. And yeah. sometimes there's just things that can't do anything about this. Well, you know, I, I yes, I think what the biggest thing that I would go or two things I would change, uh, I would I would have advocated for myself a little bit more like I was taught, you know, like old school guys like, you know, put your head down, be a good team guy, don't rock the boat, don't whatever. Right. But, you know, there were times, you know, in Hershey uh, that I should have stood up for myself because I was working hard. Like I was, I was doing the right things. I was, you know, whatever, like, you know, so, but I, then I was getting, you know, then you're getting treated like, you know, you're not, you know, so it's kind of questioning your integrity a bit. And, um, you know, same, same with, you know, I, I wish I'd go back and have that conversation with Bobby Clark over again. That, that's yeah. for sure. You know, like, yeah. stand up for yourself. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong here. You know, I, you don't, you don't understand until you get, you get older, obviously, but yeah, I would advocate for myself a little bit more. Like, you know, the other side would be, and again, I think it's easy to look back in hindsight. I worked, I did work hard, but I, I, I think I could have been just a little bit more diligent, right? Um, and I, and it's easy to look through the lens now with how guys train, how crazy they train and whatever. But, you know, you look now at how guys train, you're like, look at how we train. And it's just like, it's a joke, right? But uh, just maybe be a little bit more focused. Like, I like, you know, I, again, I go, that's my personality. I like to have fun too. Like, I like to work hard. I, dip, I take care of my business. I take care of myself. But I like to have fun too. And so, but maybe back then I could have got a little, a little less fun. 
Uh, you don't know what you don't nah. know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's yeah. funny, like you bring up like Joaquin Gage. We've had him on the podcast here. And and when you talk about putting things in your own hands, one of the things that stood out with, with him, a mooner, when he was like, he's picking up the phone, he's making, he's calling GMs himself. And oh, know. he was doing his own. Yeah. He was his own agent. Yeah. Yeah. When he came back. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, just, just uh, uh, sometimes, if you just let the system pull you, it'll it'll pull you, push you to do that. But there's times just just gotta step in. Well, actually, I, I talked to Danger a couple of days ago. We were talking about that whole thing with pass passing coming at the end yeah. of the year. And that would be another thing that I would I would say I wish I was better at. I wasn't resilient enough mentally for that stuff. I, I let like I let things bother me more than it should. I took it personally, and I I got taught like Tom Rennie was uh, the one that kind of changed my mentality on it. I remember one game. Uh, we were in, we were playing in Russia at the, at the, and I was, I basically sat out the third period, they're playing the Russians and I didn't play very much and we won the game. And I was kind of like, you know, poo-pooing in the corner, like a little unhappy because yeah. I didn't play. And um, Lauren, the next day, like he liked to have these one-on-ones with guys and um, he brought me in he said, so it goes, Tram, like, well, how do you envision yourself? Are you playing the NHL? Like what type of player are you going to be? And uh, so I'll probably be a stay-at-home defenseman, like um, killing penalties. Are you going to be in the power play? Or are you going to? And uh, he said, "I said no." I said, "Well, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter if you're playing in the power play here. Then it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, focus on the thing, your parts of the game that you need to get to the NHL. You don't need to worry about any, anything else, right?" And it kind of like that that mentality. Like, I, I just used to let. Like, if I didn't want to play hard for a coach, I'd, I'd shoot myself in the foot. Like, if I didn't like a coach and he and mistreated me, I would. You know, I'd still work hard, but I, you know, mentally I wasn't dialed yeah. in. And right. um, I think we were all guilty of it. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's a little coaster and the emotions up and down. And Gager said that's kind of what happened to him when Passy came. Like he kind of, you know, obviously, fair enough. He was the starting goalie and Passy kind of took the, took the job away from him, right? So he was kind of depressed and, you know, not, uh, not into it for a while until he got his head back into it. Again, is that yeah it's something I would change? But I guess maybe that's what's taught me to who I am today. Like it's resiliency yeah. too, right? So who knows? Right on. Yeah, Passy was another one we had on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. two of and the Tom normal Ranny. goalies, eh, Mooner? Yeah, that's well. right. Yeah, we had Tom Ranny. We've good yeah. list here. Good yeah, list. If you could, if you could click the audible link or click to go to other podcasts, but no, go check it out. If you. <laughs> yeah, great, all great guys, and I'm sure Passy would be there too. Well, I know I know Gager is too. Passy, yeah, entertaining to uh, talk to. Oh yeah, he was entertaining. Oh yeah, he was yeah. entertaining. <laughs> and you know, I, I feel fortunate that I had Tom as a coach too, and and you know, echo the words you're saying, and and just. What a what a calming and guiding voice and coach he was, and he was he was great and no mystery at all why he's the president and CEO of of uh, Hockey Canada doing doing what he's doing. So well, you couldn't have built a better job for him. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, Sandy, that uh, we we sure appreciate you coming on the Top Cheddar podcast. That was great, eh, Mooner? I love it, Sandy. Oh, absolutely yeah. outstanding. Yep. I love it. Well, we'll wind you up maybe over some beers in the very near future. Uh, and uh, yeah. folks, if you're looking for a beer, don't forget our sponsor, uh, Troubled Monk. 
they've they've got some uh, some tasty beverages that'll take care of you. And if you're in Alberta, go to troublemonk.com and uh, it's like magic mooner. You click a couple yeah. buttons and you come home at the end of the day and there's beer sitting on your on your front doorstep. Uh, they can do that for you. It's lovely. Good stuff. And uh, for anyone who hasn't yet, please head to topcheddar.ca. All the podcasts that we've done, we mentioned a bunch on this one that we've been fortunate to have some time to chat with. Uh, a bunch more, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, Apple, Spotify, please be sure to uh, you know join us on the journey. Subscribe along, uh, be there every time. Drop a review or two or three. Say good, bad things about us. We're okay with it. We got, yeah, we got. Uh, I got a big butt to to chew on. Uh, let's have it. But uh, Sandy, thanks for your time, buddy. Really appreciate. Uh, good catching up with you. You you were a force to play against uh, uh, back in the day, and I, I'm glad I never had to take on that ten foot wingspan of yours and and that. But uh, uh, good seeing you, my friend. Uh, real pleasure. Good, great catching up with you guys. And we'll have to see each other soon over a beer for sure. Sounds good.